0: all right guys welcome back to southeastern 14 blake level and max Barr back with basketball yes i know you've seen tons and tons of football videos up on our channel if you haven't that means you're not subscribed go ahead and do that now uh, hit that subscribe button a lot of sec football preview stuff to get you ready but as you know if you've been watching our basketball stuff we have been going through our position rankings uh, we've done the point guards we've done the combo guards Now we are getting to the wings, um, which you can decide how you want to label it. Small forwards, if there's another label you want to use, we'll go with wings. Um, And we're wing guys. And so we're going to go with that. And Max, this is an interesting group. We're just going to jump into your rankings here. But, you know, as as you and I were talking about before we started recording, I don't think there's probably the depth necessarily at this position as there was at the guard position. Because like we said, we had a really hard time. Yeah. Separating point guards, combo guards at times are just so many guards. Um, and I think when you look at this kind of position, it's sort of that in between, right? Before we start to get into the big guys. And so, um, but still some very talented players in this group. And I, I'm very interested to see how your ranking looks on this because I think there's a a lot of different orders I could go in with this group here. So
1: Yeah. Let's go, baby. Let's do the wings. <laughs> um one thing I want to start with is you said there's less depth at the position, um, that, you know, six, 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 seven guy that can put the ball on the floor is just a less common prototype, but it's tough to separate these guys. I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of comments that are unhappy with our rankings, but, um, Hey, it's mid August, you know, let's, this is awesome. We're, we're talking college basketball in mid August and, and people are interested in it and, uh, nothing better. Um, What I will say though is that this might be the most—I don't know how I want to put it—but just most solid group. I'm looking, I'm looking one through seven, and oh man, that there's seven is is almost just as good as one. Um, But if I wanted to start with some honorable mentions, just jump right into it. Um, I'll start it off with. Probably a guy that you don't have on your list. <laughs> um, I didn't have him on my list until about thirty minutes ago. I was just looking back over and I was like, "My gosh, I don't know how, I don't know how I don't mention him." And that's Brandon Murray coming into Ole Miss. Now I know, I know we're gonna get the whole he's not gonna play, but if he doesn't play, I'll take him off the list. Um, listen, freshman year at LSU is when we saw him last in the. In the SEC. Last year was at Georgetown. Freshman year at LSU played 30 minutes a game and still averaged double digits. He's already had a season under his belt, averaging double digits in the SEC. And then goes to Georgetown, leads the team in um, steals. I think he was second in scoring behind Spears. But um this is a guy that's already proven that he has to, you know success in the SEC. That's one of the that's one of the you know kind of knocks we put on a lot of guys is like, well, will it translate to the SEC? He's already done it. Um, so I think if he's cleared and he can play, I don't see any reason why he doesn't average, uh, average double digits again. I don't know, you know, so I love, I love Brandon Murray and you can tie him right into Alan Flanagan. I think they have a, a nice one, two punch there at the wing. Um, what, what's your take on, on the Ole Miss wings there?
0: I mean, I would have... I would have Brandon Murray on my list somewhere. I mean, again, as we know, who knows how long my list can be because we've always kind of joked about that. But, like, I I think he's absolutely one of the best ones. So, and like you said, if he plays, if you haven't watched any of the other videos we've done, look, here's the deal. The thought is, all right, we're just assuming guys play until we're told they're not going to play. And I know they have to have waivers. I know there's a rule in place, but we're just going what we have for now. And whenever. Yeah, until it's officially decided they are not going to be cleared and don't get a waiver, we're just going to assume they're playing. So, um, which may be the case for everyone. Who knows? We'll see how this goes. But for now, um, he's on the team, and we've been told that he's not – I mean, like, we haven't been told he's not playing. So, um, you know, so so I think that's what we're going to go with. But, yeah, Brandon Murray, like you said, always hard to project how guys will do coming into the SEC if they've never been in the SEC before. But he has, and he's proven, you know, he can play at this level. And so – I think he's a big addition for Ole Miss, which as we said, is one of the reasons why they were one of our top transfer teams this offseason.
1: Right, yeah, And, and people aren't really giving Alan Flanagan enough credit either. Um, Bruce Pearl actually said in a quote, he said, um, I forget the exact context of it, but he's had, he had a line where he said, and now we have to replace another starter with Alan leaving. He was going to yeah. start this year for Auburn. He was going to be a wing starter for Auburn and, you know that he's he's been 25 plus minutes three years now for Bruce Pearl. Um, you can you can knock him a little bit for the the outside shooting percentage and maybe a little bit of turnovers here
0: and there. You have to do that with a lot of guys in the SEC. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, know,
1: you can so. you can do that with with a ton of people. So I mean, 25 minutes a game three straight years for Bruce Pearl. It's gotta it's gotta be worth something. You know, so I like both of those old Miss guards kind of hanging right on the outside of the the top five.
0: Yeah, Flanagan's always been one of my most underrated players in the league. I think and we I know injuries have, have impacted that and such and but yeah, I mean he's he's very good and I think it's gonna be interesting to see how he plays kind of in a in a crisp beard type rotation and, and that kind of thing. So yeah, i have always been a big fan of Alan Flanagan. I think he'll do well there, and like you said, give them a duo that's played in the league before. Um and that's that's an important part. Anytime you get transfers, you can find guys who've been productive in the same league, that's always a nice thing to have.
1: Yeah, they're just they're just proven. I don't think like yeah. I would be more surprised if they don't do well than if they repeat their numbers. You know.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So yeah, yeah. Like I like those wins there. They got a nice one-two punch. Um. Moving up just a tad. I still. Oh my god! I'm such a. I'm falling into your trap here, where I don't. Your know – Your list is
0: growing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I don't know how to rank these guys.
0: We'll get to the list in a half hour, everyone. I just want to <laughs> fast forward. We'll get to our top twenty-eight here yeah, in about exactly. an hour. Exactly. So.
1: Um jeez i'll say i'll say this both of these guys should be in a top five it's just this position group at the top here is pretty 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 jacked um one guy i'm gonna say and i think he has a the highest ceiling out of guys here on the outside um rylan griffin of alabama um sophomore six five he's got the he's got length he passes the eye test okay he didn't put up a ton of numbers last year. He's a seventh man on a, the best regular season team in the country. I mean, it's still decent. Um, but he just he looks good. He looks good when he plays. Um, I wish he was a little bit more aggressive in tacking to the rim, play with a little bit more physicality. We might, probably will see that in a, in a sophomore leap. Um, last year with only in only 15 minutes per game, he was third on the team in three point attempts. So he, re, he really had a green light, jacking threes. I hope he takes a little bit. Better shot selection, and I think he, if he averaged six points a game last year, it'd they'd be very easy to average double digits. And I think an offense that's going to be a little bit faster. Um, so I think Ryland Griffin is is poised. Is he's, he's right there? What do you think?
0: I think he takes the freshman to sophomore jump, and I think as we've said before too, he kind of has to. I think on just kind of the yeah, great. yeah the, the way this roster is structured, and we're not knocking anyone else, but like I think it's just we've always expected that even going back to last year like all right this guy he has it it's just the next year just wait like he's going to take a big jump because like we said now it op- there's a little more there's more spots open up essentially based on how the the roster uh, unfolded this off season so yeah i think he takes a big jump um like i said played what about 16 minutes a game last year he'll he'll that that will increase um and yeah i'm i'm a once again i'm a big fan of him like I, I think you could see those things with that team last season and as you always say i mean you can be uh the highest rated freshman out there but sometimes it, it you know it's a transition early on i think you could see sure there were things that stood out with him but now i think it's all about opportunity and getting more opportunity i think you'll, you'll certainly see him improve in different areas and obviously the three-point shooting and just the overall percentages i think is something you want to see go up but i, I think again with a year under his belt in the SEC I would be surprised if he doesn't take a, a jump forward.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like the way you put that there at the end. I would be surprised if he doesn't take the jump forward, definitely. Yeah, no. I agree. Um first sneaky guy, I got two of them again. First one off the board right here. Let's go, baby. This is Chris Parker, freshman, Alabama. Listed out of high school at 6-6, now listed on the Alabama roster at 6-9. Um, and he is very adamant about being called six nine. He said on Twitter, "He said stop calling me six six. I'm not six six anymore." <laughs> um, and and the reason I like that is just he's, he's going to be a six nine guy that can handle the ball. You know, he's been a ball handler his whole life, and now he has this big growth spurt coming out of high school. Um, I like the I like the idea of playing him at the three sometimes when Griffin is out and having that six nine guy at the three. And with Nelson and Pringle, also they'd be really. He'd be really tall. Have a lot of length, similar to last year's lineup. So I'm not sure how much Chris is going to play, but if he does shoot the ball well and start to progress as a freshman, as you know, start towards the end of the season, starts playing more like a sophomore, if if you see a six nine Chris Parker hitting 15 20 minutes a game, I'm not going to be all too surprised. So that's my first little sneaky guy off the board there.
0: Who's the second sneaky guy? Because like it, you're you're hitting well on the sneaky guy so far. I, I uh, hit
1: Freddy De DeLeon pretty you pretty did. well.
0: You did. So who's the next guy?
1: Next sneaky guy, and uh, this one's actually I'm really excited about him, and that's because I I actually grew up in in New York myself, moved down here to SEC country recently, but I love a New York guard. Love a they're just tough. That's why I like Juju Murray on Ole Miss this year. Um, Jason Rivera Torres coming into Vanderbilt. Um he's a three star. I think he's way better than a three star. He was he grew up in the Bronx and then played his high school ball in Virginia. He was a number two kid in the state of Virginia. DMV basketball is, is pretty good. Um he's a six seven point guard. He uh at at the, uh, the media after their after their foreign tour, Jerry Stackhouse said he can play the one through three. Um and but here's here's why I really like him fau returned 12 out of 13 players okay they only have one they're only going to bring in one guy this off season guess who offered jason rivera torres in february
0: FAU. (laughs)
1: yeah dusty may was like okay we need one guy let's (laughs) go get a guy they wanted this guy stackhouse stolen um he's looked great in the foreign tour so i mean we were talking, we've been talking this whole offseason about it's Tyron Lawrence and Ezra. Who's going to help him? Who's, you know, who else? You know, is Colin Smith going to take a jump? Jo- you know, we've been talking. We might, Jason Rivera Torres might start every game and we're like, what, where, where did we not see this coming? <laughs> you know, it might, or he might not play much at all. He's a three star freshman. But I think just seeing that Dusty May and FAU offered this guy in February, that he's from the Bronx, played high school ball in the DMV. I don't see how he doesn't contribute to Vandy here. And he kind of slipped through the cracks.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, look, I I think the word is opportunity, right? And with these different guys, and like we said, Vandy is a team, I think when you look at the roster, I'm curious to see what the rotation looks like. But like you said, I think there's multiple guys there that can kind of become, you know, central, a central focus for that team because of who they lost. And um, we talked about kind of the guards we had Ezra Manion and, Tyron Lawrence, both ranked in our, you know, our point guard and combo guard rankings. And now, like you said, if, if listen, if all these guys hit the way we think they're going to, then Vanderbilt will easily exceed expectations, which they did last season. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think he's another interesting one that you could look at. And again, I just I'm more curious than anything just to see what their, you know, rotation looks like this season, because they've got options. It's just I'm curious to see what the minute kind of allocation is between all those different guys.
1: Another thing to note, I don't know how much weight it holds, but Stackhouse doesn't usually let freshmen talk to the media, and he let, he let Rivera Torres. Um, so I don't know if that means anything at all, but just something to note. So, yeah, that, those are my two sneaky guys. Watch out for Rivera Torres and Chris Parker. Um, they might get a bit more minutes than you think.
0: Um, but all right. All Let's right. Are we To the high. rankings. Here we go. To the rankings. Let's go. Number 28. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, is there anyone that we've mentioned that you had in your rankings?
0: Um, let's see here. I mean, I told you I would have brand. I mean, I had Brandon Murray, I had Robin Griffin. I didn't, as always, my rankings are not great. Um, but I would have had them both behind a lot of guys we have not mentioned yet. Alan Flanagan was another one too that I I probably would have had higher. I have him higher in my ranking. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I think in this group I'm looking at here one two three four. Five, I think there's a clear top five. Um, then I think there are a couple guys that I would see, like, I think they have to probably be six, seven in some order. Uh, but beyond that, I, I think there's like I said, there's a lot of options, even if it doesn't maybe seem that there's the depth at this one that there was maybe at the combo guard or point guard position.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so I took the I took a cop out here at five and I have a tie. Just because I, you know, been of course, you know, come on. It's what we That's do. It. Yeah, come on. What What else did you expect? So at, at number five, um, just because he hasn't done it, just hasn't proven it yet. I have Justin Edwards. He could easily be better than better than better than that. Um, the reason I love Justin Edwards and I'm kind of falling in love with the prototype of a tall, big three. I've, I've been it's the dog days of summer and I've been watching Old Final Four games and old championship games, like it's nobody's business. And what almost every team has, unless they're like a Baylor who has an Jared Butler and you know Mitchell and unbelievable guards, the three is always oversized. It helps yeah. with rebounding, it helps with defense. If they can can if they have offensive spacing, the defense just takes a huge leap having a big three. Justin Edwards listed at six eight, one ninety. If he gets up to like one ninety-five, two hundred, come February, and March. And you're looking at a starting five where the three is Edwards, the four is Bradshaw, the five is Trey Mitchell. That's going to be a really good defense. It's going to have a lot of length, a lot of turnovers for it. So So um, I'm just – I think he's going to eat up the minutes at the three. I think if they go small, it's going to be, uh, you know, Shepard comes in, something like that. But I think Justin Edwards is 30-plus is minutes a game.
0: So <laughs> I – I I could realistically there, – there's one guy I just have a hard time not kind of moving, but I could – I'd feel okay putting Justin Edwards at two. Um, oh, I, I love kinda, it. I, I kind of have him there. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So, um, I yeah, I mean, I'm – he's much higher on my list. Like, oh, I, I love it. Oh, thank you. I think he's that good. And we've said from the start when we're doing these rankings, we have a hard time with freshmen because yeah. – we it's just one of those things where and there have been times where we're like maybe we just leave the freshman out but like with him i i I truly think i could put him at two and look i i can make the argument that i should put him at one um but there's one guy i don't want to put him ahead of him and that's that's the like you know the sec basketball guy um seeing a guy for multiple seasons coming in the reason i i have this other guy higher but um yeah i mean i I, again though if, if you're just if you just base it on what the potential expectation is in production, I think he could be number one on this list. So um, that's that's where I'm at on Justin Edwards. I look Kentucky stock. If we had like if we were better at like the production aspect here, I'd have like a big arrow like just pointing up right now in the middle of the screen. Like for me, Kentucky stock is rising quickly, yeah. and I think Justin Edwards will be a big reason why. So I think he's SEC Player of the Year type guy. So. We'll see what happens. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, I, I I'm just so I, I love that. I'm now mad at myself. I didn't recommend.
0: <laughs> Listen, as as we always do on here, we can change it at any second. Yeah. Like I, I change my picks all the time. So um, if by the end of this list you look up and you're like, you know what, Justin Edwards is number one. I'm fine with that. It's okay. Like you're not, you're not, I'm not holding it to you know. You're fine. So, but let's see who number four is, and three, and two, and one, and then we'll we'll have that argument.
1: Okay, yeah, I like that. Oh man, I, if you can't if you can't understand already, we're excited about Justin Edwards. <laughs> um so who I have kind of knocked knotted up with him at like yeah. five four-ish um, is Cam Matthews. Um the only reason is because he has no shooting. He was if you're familiar with Evan he does like a player player analytics. Kind of breaks down their offensive production, their defensive production, and whatnot. Breaks it down by possessions and, and the whole bunch of science, science, math stuff. Cam Matthews was rated the eighth best defender in the whole country last year. Um, he's just—he's a dog. He's—he's he's the the glue guy. Get you know, get on the get on the floor, die for balls, defense. You know, whatever you want to, you know, whatever you want to call it, he's that guy. Um, He actually took a little bit of an offensive jump this past year. He was only averaging like two, three points a game. And then in conference play this past year was up above seven. Um, So I think if they have a little bit more spacing, if DJ Jeffries can shoot the ball a little bit better and you can have Cam Matthews at the three, um, you can afford him to not space the floor offensively just because of how good he is defensively. He might average eight points a game, you know, and literally be like SEC defensive player of the year type of type of player. Um, if he just had some shooting, I would, I would absolutely love him. But just because he doesn't space the floor on offense, I I couldn't put him above these other guys.
0: Yeah. Underrated player. Again, I think he fits that category of underrated guys. I think we may have had him on our all underrated team last season when we did our awards. I'm pretty sure he was there. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, like we were kind of joking earlier. I mean, nobody on Mississippi state could shoot. So, I mean, it's they're the worst shooting team in the country. So it's one of those things where you can only penalize a guy so much for that, I think. And so, no, he, he's on my list too. I've got him, you know, probably around this range is where I would have him Um, because, again, I, I think he just didn't – Mississippi State was not aesthetically pleasing to watch just because their offense at times was not – you know, again, it wasn't like what we expect in this era, teams just coming out and knocking yeah. down eight threes or ten threes a game. They just couldn't do that. So I think it made it harder for people to kind of buy some of these guys from from even an offensive standpoint but um still I mean they they got to the NCAA tournament um he is someone I think that took a, took a bit of a jump last season now takes a bigger jump this season and um again it's just kind of seeing offensively how his game continues to grow there so I like it
1: Yeah just if he has if he continues to show growth offensively and maintains his defense going to be a great player um, all right, now we're moving up into into some studs. Here we go. Some studs. Number four we've already had a stud. I mean, oh, you just, well you just you well, just had him at number five.
0: I yeah. have like one or two. So, you know, just call it what it is.
1: Yeah, let's let's why not? Why not? <laughs>
0: um number four. Number four,
1: I have Blake, Blake's favorite player. I have Jordan Wright. And the reason I have Jordan Wright at four and not not higher is just because um, last year was a bit of a breakout and I don't know, you know, what if he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't repeat that, I might look, look, we might look like idiots right now, but I, <laughs> I, I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to, he's, he's going to repeat it. He looks great on the foreign tour. He looks like the best player on LSU right now. And I know don't overreact to foreign tours and everything, but still, if you're, if, if you're getting the first look at a team and someone is scoring 25 points in one half, you're like, my gosh, this guy's probably gonna have a good year. Um, just what he did last year at the back, the back half of the year, um, spacing the floor for for Vandy, and and he just uh, he does a lot of things that don't show up on the stat sheet. Also, he's older. Um, LSU didn't really have a go-to scoring wing last year, so I, I just think he's gonna be he's gonna be a godsend for this LSU team. I, I think he he's probably gonna lead the team in scoring. I said Jalen Cook is going to when we did our point guard video. I'm I'm backtracking on that.
0: So. I mean, I, I you know I feel about Jordan Wright. I, I know, like we said, I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, Vanderbilt's kind of a hard team for me at times to, to figure out exactly where to put him heading into the season because I think he was such a big part of what they were doing at times, even though they, they do have, you know, certainly um, two great guards returning and such. But I just, I don't know, I just like his game. Like he just, he was one of those guys that, has played so many games in the SEC now. And I think that added experience, that was something that LSU was missing last year. Is just someone with a lot of minutes in the SEC, someone that's proven they can score consistently in the and I say consistently, right? Like sure, he like like many others, could have some games where he could not, you know, make a lot of shots. But he, he does a lot of other stuff too. And I still think he's someone that you'd rather have on your team than not, especially if you're an LSU um, that's really trying to make, and that's why I think it was kind of the perfect situation was LSU is trying to jump from the bottom, the literal bottom of the SEC. And I think having someone like that, that has shown they can essentially push a team that was near the bottom for a while Vanderbilt to where they got to last season uh, and be a big part of that success. Yeah. I just, I think he is um, definitely someone that, you know, for me, I've got him ranked. He, he would be in this range too. I, I'm I'm very high on him, and again, this is where we start to get into that group where all these guys are are yeah. really good, and then you can, you know, again, that, that's not that's the to add in the the top five and maybe even beyond. Like we said, if you've got Flanagan and Murray in that range, which I mean, look, those guys are really good too. So, um, yeah, I'm a I'm a big Jordan Wright guy. So, um, I, I like it. Yeah,
1: and don't forget he he turns 23 in September, so he's yeah, going to be old. Yeah, yeah, you, just, you like that experience. Um, moving up here, now this is where these last three guys, talk. I, I, I shuffled them a few times, I shuffled them a few times. Um, do you have any clear number one? Do you have a clear number one or is it kind of? Eh?
0: I mean – like I said, I, I could I could argue putting Justin Edwards at number one. I don't no. I wouldn't say I have a fully clear number one, but like I could probably I'm looking at my list here. I could make an argument for one, two I could probably make an argument for three guys at number one. Um I like it. So but I'm I'm curious to see where you go next because I I don't want to say my my top three is completely clear or top two, but like I would have a hard time moving a couple of these guys out of there.
1: So I have them at three right now, but I think I'm going to bump them back to four. I'm going to have Justin Edwards at three. I'm making that official. All right.
0: You're welcome. Kentucky fans. I'm making making that official. So,
1: so at, at four, I'm going to go with Tremont Mark coming into Arkansas and we definitely, you. If you've been listening to the show, you know how much we like Tremont Mark. Um, I'm just gonna say this. Two years ago, he was the fourth best player in the American, rated on on Evan Maya, fourth best. No, that was three years ago. Two years ago he was injured. So three years ago, fourth best player. Last year, seventh best player. So he's been one of the better players in the American on on different different occasions it's not a fluke he started every single game for calvin sampson who was a number one seed now he comes to arkansas who has a loaded loaded backcourt that's the only reason why i don't that's that's what's holding him back i think is there's so many mouths to feed that i don't know if he's going to be a 33 minute guy like you know that that he was like he was at at houston I think he might be more like 25 to 30. Um, so the ceiling isn't as high as some of these other guys. But when you're getting a senior who's 6'6", is lengthy, he's not going to, you know, come whipping off two screens and bang a three on the run. But if you leave him open, he can knock it down. Um, and last year, I think he made it just over 1-3 a game, if you do the math. Jordan Walsh was at .5 a game. Anthony Black was at like point seven, I think, even just a bit under. So he's a better shooter than Walsh and Black. He's going to be able to space the floor a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I just solid. Just Tramon Mark solid.
0: What do you I think? mean, look for a guy who started all thirty-seven games for a number one seed and played thirty minutes a game. Basically, I mean, how do you not rank a guy this high? Like it's just, I mean, this you don't is have to where talk he believes. Like. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, is I, I don't know why he's not getting talked about more, but I think it's just because of all the guys Arkansas brings in. Sometimes you just have guys that you just lump them into the, you know, to, to the seats on the must bus. And, you know, there's a guy yep. sitting here, there's a guy sitting there and all the seats are full. Um, But yeah, I mean, you, you look at this guy, like I said, it's just number one seed started all 37 games, 30 minutes a game. um, Good defender can make shots. I mean, had his best game of the season, the NCAA tournament against Auburn. Yep. I mean, you just go down the list. Like, he is one of the top transfers out there in the the portal. And, yeah, I mean, he, he's in the top three for me. So, I would have a hard time, like I said, moving him outside of it probably. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's just – he's really good. And, and I'm – we've talked about it before, but I think we're just most intrigued just to see what his role is on this particular team. Like, I think right. that – I'd be surprised if he's not, you know, a big part of their success this season. But, you know, they got a lot of guys too. that you could say the same about. So um yeah. you gotta have minutes go somewhere, but I, I would fully expect him to be a, a big part of what Arkansas does, uh in a variety of categories this season.
1: Yeah. I yeah, just glad we're talking about him because really no one else is. Um all right. All right. So I, know not, I know you're I know your
0: top two. We were talking about Riley Google. If you go back and watch our videos last season, it seemed like Florida was having a sort of roller coaster type season, as we know, um, probably disappointing season for for most Florida fans and Todd Golden's first year. But the one theme we kept talking about was like, look out. This guy is he's coming along like just you're seeing it each game. Who's the guy that's standing out on the floor outside of Colin Castleton, right, whenever he's out there. But it was Riley Google. And I mean, you just down the stretch, he finished what one, two, three, four, five, six. I can't add, but it's like what nine or ten straight games, double figures to end yeah. the season. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's there. Like, you want to talk about another kind of to me sleeper pick for like SEC Player of the Year type guy? Definitely. If Florida finishes, you know, in the top three or something in the league, and maybe they're one of the, I don't want to say surprise because we both think they're going to be much improved, but. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he is in that conversation. Like I just I think you could see it. Like he is an SEC player. He's got the the athletic ability, you know, he's got just just a lot of those things you need to be a really good SEC player. Um, you know, just with the size that he has and someone who has proven that he can knock down shots and in the SEC. If you can knock down shots from the perimeter, you're a huge asset no matter what team you play on.
1: Interesting note about Kugel. He is the only member of the uh, the all-SEC freshman team that's coming back. So if mm-hmm. you're looking for guys that are primed for a sophomore leap, I mean, he's right there. But, yeah, I think he – I don't know if this is exactly right, but I think he averaged like – I think it was 16 or 17 points a game over like the last 12-ish games. Um, if he can carry that over, I think he can – I bet let's say this. I would be surprised if he's not over 14 points a game averaging. I think he's going to be a but a high teens, 15, 16, 17 points a game. One of the one of the better scorers in the SEC. Um, I actually okay, so I flip flopped one and two. I have I actually have Kugel at at one just because I think he might he has that like SEC player of the year potential. I I just think the yeah. ceilings there. But you can't, you can't deny the, you can't deny the man himself, Triple J. Come on, been there, done my that, after year after yeah. year after year after year. Um, he, you could see the argument for. I, how can you not argue Triple J to be number one? Uh, and if you guys, just for those who aren't familiar, Josiah Jordan James, Tennessee, went to the NBA draft combine. I thought he was gonna stay. Hundred percent thought he was gonna stay. Yep. Came back. Um. Some people are saying that like he might come off the bench. They might play Dalton connect. I don't, I can't see it. He's played. He's He's been a 25 minute guy every year for Rick Barnes. And he's had, he's had some, some injury, some injury issues and whatnot. If you watch the games down the stretch without Ziegler and where, where Tennessee turned to late in the shot clock, a lot of times it was, it was Josiah Jordan James. He's got a nice mid range. If he can improve the three point shot, which he has in his arsenal. Um, I think this offense is going to be much improved. I think he can score near double digits, and I mean, he's a six-six senior who's been there, done that. I just—he's solid as it gets.
0: He's not going to put up the numbers that Riley Kugel is going to put up. He's no. probably not going to put up the numbers that Justin Edwards is going to put up. But there is much more that goes into this ranking for There's me. Value elsewhere than just the point per game production like there's a lot more to it and that's why again i i i could make like i said i would i could give you a strong argument to put riley kugel at one i could give you a strong argument to put justin edwards at one um i but i'm giving you the argument to put besides Jordan james at one because that's where i have him too and like you said it's just i think you just look at sort of the the swiss army knife ability of a guy like this and he can do pretty much everything. And you say, well, his percentages are not high enough and blah, blah, blah. And then that's fine. But I mean, you just, and look, injuries were an issue last season. I know that, but I just think you cannot discount all the things that he can bring to the table for, in my opinion, what I'd be shocked is if not the number one or number two place team in the SEC this season, I I really think Tennessee is, barring injuries is a complete lock to be a top two team in the sec maybe maybe i'll not go with maybe top three team but i just i think they're that good um and they've got the experience and this is one of the reasons why you pair him with vescovy and ziegler and all the young guys that are taking a big step forward um yeah i mean it's just i think he is he's number one on my list and think about the defensive stuff too like the what he brings from a defensive standpoint to make them one of the best defensive teams from the country for how many years running now, every year he's been there, they've been a top five defensive team. Think about that. Like, I mean, I guess, well, going back to 1920, they weren't, but the past three seasons they've been top five in defense, um, the past three seasons. And again, I think he's been one of the reasons why for that. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm going triple J at number one here too. So I
1: love it. Man, that, that's a solid group, though. I mean, I'm looking at my honorable mentions here with, with Brandon Murray, and I'm like, if, if, if it's Ole Miss against Tennessee, that's going to be a great matchup. You know, Flanagan yeah. and Murray against Connect and JJJ. There's a talented league, man, talented league.
0: All right, Missouri fans, have no fear. So, John Tanjay is an interesting one because I think, and we're going to, we're gonna make a decision now do we put him in the wing category do we put him more in like the power forward type category because i think if he's if he's in the wing category i would put him a bit higher and we haven't even discussed him yet but i think that's where we have to kind of decide if we want to put him in this category or if we want to put him in the next category
1: so when i think of wing i think of i think of you know, six five, six six five to six nine ish, but that that has the ability to put the ball on the floor. That can break down, you know, perimeter. So he fire.
0: played more. I feel like he played more of like power forward type position at Colorado State. So maybe we rank him there. Um,
1: so if I would put him like if I was if I was to do the uh, if I was to do my graphics for the the rankings and and put a position on him, I would have small forward. I think okay. as his position. I wouldn't call him a, a, a wing that has that, that handle, that tight handle, you know, that can break down defense, but he is six five and has the shooting and plays on the perimeter. Um, has we're gonna a lot
0: of, a lot of pushback on this one. So we're just trying to figure out where to, where to put John Tanjay Because I, I think if you just kind of look he is kind of that guy. I mean, what, he's basically a, a shooting guard coming out of high school. Um, you kind of look at what he played at Colorado State. I think there was some like you said small forward power forward type. So maybe yeah. we put him in the next group of rankings. Um even if I think some people would have him listed as a wing. But don't worry Missouri fans. You know I don't forget you. Like we we'll talk about him and maybe we just put him in the next group that we do. So
1: well, while we're talking about Missouri we want to just do a quick if we want to start our quick overview here of of the position in the conference kurt lewis has got to get mentioned kurt lewis is a junior six five he was the juco player of the year and sean east was the juco player of the year two years ago so you've seen that translate well to the sec and dennis gates has that juco pipeline um so i'm not saying Kurt Lewis is going to come in and and start and you know be all this and that, but he had he averaged ten a game in two years at Eastern Kentucky before he went JUCO. So he's been at D1 before, averaged double digits, goes down to JUCO, has an amazing year, bouncing back. So Kurt Lewis, Kurt Lewis could definitely provide for, for Mizzou.
0: They got some options. I mean, I mean yeah, I guess like, do we we talked about Tamar Bates and Caleb Grill? Did we talk about them in the combo guards? Or I can't remember exactly. We yeah, we mentioned them. Okay. Um it all runs together at this point. But yeah, so like I think Missouri's got some intriguing options in in this category. And again, we I think there are some guys you can categorize as wings and maybe on our sheet they're not, but um again, this is all kind of <laughs> we're in the era of positionless basketball. Like think yeah, about we're trying to time. we're trying to put all these guys in a specific position, but we all know that this is kind of where things are now. Sure, like there're certain guys that aren't going to play center that are point guards, but It is just an interesting dynamic to look at and think about. You could really label all these guys uh, at different positions because you can see them used in different ways um, on their specific team. So, Missouri fans, how about this? If you want to label John Tanjay as a wing, I've got him on my list. Um, If you don't, then we'll put him – I'll probably have him somewhere in the next group uh, when we talk about them. And like you said, Kurt Lewis, I think that's an interesting choice too uh, and kind of under the radar one because I I do – have high expectations for him on this Missouri team uh, for Dennis Gates and company. So, all right, Max, anything else before we wrap up the wings?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just want to quick, quick mention a few other, other guys I think that can break into this, into this top, these rankings. Um, I'm not sure which one is going to do it, but I have a good feeling one of them might, and that's the two wings that Texas A&M brought in Jace Carter and Eli Lawrence. Uh, Both of them got second team honors in their conference. Lawrence uh, Conference USA, Carter, Missouri Valley, both got second team. So both were among the top players in their conference last year. Uh, both can shoot the ball, and they're stepping in for Dexter Dennis, who did a little bit of everything for Texas A&M. So I'm not saying both of them are going to hit. They might. That would be great for Texas A&M. Um, but I, I think I think one of them, uh, just, you know, play your odds. I think one of them is going to pop. I like Lawrence or Carter to to have a good year. Um looking up the sheet then one more Adrian Myers Mississippi state freshman he is much better than the two hundred and sixty fourth freshman coming in uh two four seven has him rated as the sixtieth small forward in the freshman class you tell me there's fifty nine better there's small forwards than this guy you just he' lit it up uh on their foreign tour and I know i'm I'm labeled me as the biggest overreactor to foreign tours just do it i'm i am a dry sponge just ready to soak up any college basketball i see so i'm loving adrian myers i think mississippi state did a good job with their freshman class um and then one last guy that i want to want that i want to mention that just is probably i'm going to go out and say this the most underrated wing in the sec all right will richard florida I haven't heard one person talk about Will Richard this offseason. I've had people say, oh, he's probably going to come off the bench. They brought in Zion Fullen. This guy is really good. Uh, He was second on the team in rebounds last year. He's a great rebounding guard. He was first on the team in three-pointers made. I mean, this guy did a little bit of everything for them. He's not even being mentioned. So, yeah, Yeah. I I wanted to mention Will Richard.
0: I agree with that one. That's another one. But, um, I think I had him in terms of like the, the, our sheet, the list that we were choosing from, but yeah, we didn't mention him. So, um, yeah, it's the more we talk about this, I'm like, all right, there's maybe more depth than we gave it credit for. But, um, there's a lot of options here. Like I said, specifically, if you're including John Tom's, I think I would have him uh, a bit higher. Um, but like, you know, like you said, there's just, there's, there's a lot of guys at this position that, um, Man, they could I'm all.
1: You're not mentioning a bunch.
0: Well, they're all SEC type guys. Like, there's a lot of those at this position. Even if, you know, like we said, there's there's just more guards to choose from when we did the position, right. Right, the guards, and so it's a good group. Um, all right,
1: at Auburn might have a good year.
0: Yeah. So, like, there's 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 a bunch of dudes. Yeah. we'll circle back around if we forget players we're like we forgot to put them in this position or that position don't worry at the end we'll do like hey here here's the players we forgot to put at any position because we didn't know which one to put them in so anyways there you go uh all right guys we appreciate you as always uh lots of sec basketball stuff on the channel like i said we've already done our power our point guard rankings our combo guard rankings and we will have more to come here as uh, i assume max next we're doing the power forwards correct is that our next category so yes, um, Power forwards will be up next as we'll look at those and rank those here in SEC basketball entering the 23-24 season. Check out everything else on the channel. As I said, we got just a ridiculous amount of football stuff up to get you ready for the start of the season. So hit that subscribe button and a lot more basketball stuff on the way. So appreciate you guys as always, and we will talk to you again here soon at Southeastern fourteen.